Well, that Santa Clara sunshine absolutely got me yesterday. Uh, they have this thing called the sun down in Santa Clara that hasn't been available in San Francisco now for like several months in a row. I totally forgot about it, and I got cooked yesterday. Also, that sunshine illuminated the very first look at the San Francisco 49ers maximum football. Welcome, everybody unofficially officially to the 2023 football season it is underway and there is no better man that I could bring on than the man who stood next to me yesterday to watch OTAs to get first impressions of everything we saw other than Larry Kruger Larry how are you pal I don't know if you put on sunblock yesterday but I don't know if you just got that you know that that olive skin you you, you yeah. handled the sun better than I did well, you know what? I'm, I'm, it's not my first rodeo, so uh, when I was in the parking garage, um, I did go with a little bit of the uh, sunscreen. You did dab. A couple dabs uh, up, up top. Just all, you don't need to, you know, my wife, when we had, when the kids were babies, used to just cake the stuff on. They look like Casper the ghost at the pool, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so now I just a little, little dab, little dab. Uh, so there you go. But yeah, wow. it was, it was, uh, wait until camp, man. You're going to need a camp hat. Like oh, a Mayoko I, I, camp hat. Absolutely. I might go full on like, you know, like what do they call them? Sandpan hats I, I, or like a sombrero or something. Yeah, I, I need like, shade. I need absolute shade out there. Uh, Larry, uh, just impressions from yesterday. I know everyone wants to start every single football conversation with quarterbacks, so we'll do that. But, you know, there isn't much to really infer from the little bit we saw but we got to look at the Trey Lance rebuilt throwing motion. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm no expert on the mechanics of a professional quarterback, but I know a loop built into a throw when I see it and I know when it's corrected. And I do think that the offseason workout that Trey Lance did with his quarterback's coach has corrected it. And if, if he's got a more compact, tighter throwing motion, maybe that led to a ball that looked a little crisper didn't wobble as much, and uh, I, I thought it was a good outing from the limited reps we saw from from Trey Lance. And let's just start right there. What were your impressions? Yeah, well, I don't do impressions, but no, uh, no, I would say um, <laughs> my Leslie Nielsen. Uh, no, I I thought the overwhelming biggest positive of OTAs was the quarterbacks. I mean, think about it. When the season ended, the 49ers were staring at Josh Johnson. They had an uncertain future with Brock Purdy. They had an uncertain future with uh, with Trey Lance. They had, um, you know, no third quarterback of note on the roster. Um, they're so much in a so much of a better spot today than they were in Philadelphia on that afternoon. I mean, now Josh Johnson's moved on to the Baltimore Ravens, and nothing against Josh. I love Josh. Josh he is a great sucks. guy. He sucks. <laughs> he had a rough game, rough day. But you know what? He Josh is a tremendous person. I've, I, I think the, I, I think very highly of Josh. But the overwhelming positive was the, all the quarterback news that we got after the practice and the quarterback uh, revelations that we saw during the practice. Um, the after the practice stuff, Brock Purdy told us that he's on track to throw a football next week and That's is way ahead of schedule way ahead of schedule and he's on pace to be ready for week one september 10th against the steelers said he said i feel good the arm feels good he's already doing his regular weightlifting. uh he had that elbow procedure on march the 10th shanahan said we're optimistic about week one for brock's return so he's using a towel instead of a football in his throwing sessions so from brock's perspective awesome 
Now let's get to By Trey. The way, who, who yesterday? We don't have to call out media members. Who yesterday was like, can you tell us? Some media member was like, can you tell us what it means that Brock is throwing a towel? I mean, have they never watched a Hard Knocks on HBO? Do they not understand? Uh, I, I couldn't believe some of the questions that came up. Again, I, now I'm part of the assembled media. Maybe I should stop ripping them, but Jesus Well, no, no, I, 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 I thought so, too. Well, not only that, um, it, you know, it's commonplace for, like, baseball pitchers who are rehabilitating to use a towel. So, um, you know, heck, I've seen my my neighbor whose kid pitches and when he works with his kid in the driveway between starts, he's got his kid out there using the towel. So what the towel is for is to mock up the delivery, but not have any of the weight of the ball. And and that puts pressure on the surgically repaired elbow. So you want the you want the reps for the you know, the the repetition, the loosening of you know, the whole joint, uh, the muscle memory, all the things that go into connecting your lower half, your footwork, and your your mechanics lower half with your throwing. So you want to make sure that you're throwing something and doing a throwing motion, but you don't. You're not your shoulder, or in this case, the elbow is not ready for the weight of the ball. Right, you and just so, don't want to tax it, but you want to be holding on to something, and a towel is the perfect thing to hold on to. I, right. I, I couldn't believe that they were seriously like wanting a breakdown of that. Uh, I'll say this. Coach Shanahan, Kyle has got his coach speak down to a science. I mean, it is <laughs> razor sharp. Nobody can filibuster a, an answer that really contains no information, that actually sounds like it contains information, as well as Kyle Shanahan. He might be the best in the NFL at it. Um, Larry, just so you know, everyone is very excited to see you here today. Larry and I do, of course, the home and home, which uh, we, we have to dial that into some frequency because people are asking for it and they want it. This is not an official home and home. This is just a guest appearance by our local football expert that it is Larry Kruger. People are excited to see you. The chat's going crazy. And uh, needless to say, you got a, a Krug right there. Maybe even more importantly, Krug, we got some patronage for your sponsors. Ernie Chavez says, I was at Pig and a Pickle yesterday, Larry. There you go. There get go. the brisket. Get that brisket chili. Get those potato chips. The get potato those potato chip. chips cooked in beef fat. Oh, my God. Best potato chip of all time. I want to know more about these potato chips. Oh, they're uh, unbelievable. While we are sitting here talking about some uh, sponsors that we care an awful lot about, let me say thank you to Ike's. Yeah, we have zoomed in so tight on my sunburn and on Larry's face that uh, you can't see the cardboard cutout of Ike that we put the Davy Crockett cap on. When we zoom out, you can enjoy that a little bit later. But I want you to go ahead and enjoy an Ike sandwich a little bit later on today, and then maybe a little bit later on tonight, you enjoy yourself a nice glass of blackened whiskey, which is just uh, absolutely phenomenal. I will cut off my own face here. I'll put my face just under the blackened whiskey bottle like it so often do. Uh, <laughs> it is perfect to drink neat with a rock, with a cocktail. You make it. It is just fantastic. Blackened comes in all different labels and flavors. Uh, just start with the Joe Blackened. You will be very, very happy with the whiskey that pours out of that bottle into your mouth. So we got all of that, Larry, going on. Praise to the sponsors. They're why we can keep this thing going. And by the way, things are going great around here. Uh, I want to be at 5,500 subscribers by the end of the show we're just a handful away larry if some of your army can come on in and grow the plus army i would appreciate that anyone who's watching hit that like button hit that subscribe button 
and look at us operating in the digital media world. How about that? Seriously. And, and you know, so the, so the quarterbacks were the big takeaway for sure from camp. Yeah, um, well, uh, can and I, then can and I... let's get to Lance for a sec, because Lance, yeah. I thought, was, you know, Lance, to me, it was more important of what Lance told us after the practice than before the practice. After the practice, we had a chance to talk to him and he's he's, you know, enjoying playing football again, Damon. And he kind of referenced the pressure and, and it revealed to us that he's working with a sports psychologist. And you got to, you know, and I'm looking at him and I'm thinking to myself, Damon, I got I, my son is this age. I mean, literally, I think Trey's 23. My son, my oldest son is 22. And it's like, you know what? These are young people. We forget about that. The NFL is a pressure cooker. You know, you got all the expectations Especially that he put a on quarterback. You exactly. Can't you're the face of a when you're a quarterback. You're the face of a of a of a you know multi million dollar outfit in a billion. billion dollar industry. I mean, it's the expectations that he has are great. The expectations that the Niners have are great. There's huge pressure, and then you mix in the fans' expectations. Um, it's just a lot, man. And I thought Trey in the practices, his motion looks smoother. He looked more compact. It was definitely more efficient. He kind of referenced that afterwards. He took all of the first team reps. Uh, Darnold took the second team reps, though first and second team with no Debo, no Ayuk. I mean, what are we really talking about? Ayuk um, was there. Ayuk was there. But anyway, Ayuk no, was there. But as mean. far as Shanahan even said, you know what is what is running with the ones mean when you don't even have an offensive line out there? You know, so it's it's. Uh, but he looked good. He looked good, and yeah. there were some wobbles to the some of his passes, but they were they were subtle wobbles as opposed to you know wild wobbles. And you know he stated that he's feeling 100 percent recovered from the ankle surgeries. He said he felt about 100% as of March. It's now almost June. He's also really re he's 100% recovered from the broken index finger where he was throwing around that pain. That could have had everything to do with his wobble last year is that he was throwing around pain in the index finger and wasn't able to straighten it and, and have full use of it. So now you got Lance physically in a better spot, emotionally in a better spot. You got Purdy on the mend. Definitely sounding emotionally and, and mentally like he's had the reps. I asked him, how are you ahead of where you were last year at this time? He's like, oh, my God. Last year at this time, I was just trying to get from you know practice to practice and digest the vast playbook and all the things that go into being a rookie. Now I've got that down, and I can just focus on getting healthy and getting out there and doing the reps. And then I thought Darnold, I mean, people were like, he fumbled. I mean, who cares about the fumble? The fumble means nothing. But Lance and Darnold, I had both down at roughly like 11 for 15, maybe 12 for 15, something like that. Maybe each had a drop or two. So they were really pretty accurate. And then Brandon Allen, you know, we don't even think about Brandon Allen at all, but Brandon Allen is more than a camp arm. He was the backup to Joe Burrow last year. He was six for six. If they get into a situation this year and they have quarterback injuries, Brandon Allen can play a game. He could win a game. He's got enough experience where he's a higher caliber player than what they had last year. So I'll say this. The quarterback delivery, room looks way better. The way delivery better. of the ball didn't change when Brandon Allen was in there. It, it really didn't. 
all of these guys, I thought, did a nice job hitting hitting targets in the chest yesterday. I, I didn't see a lot of balls at the knees, a lot of balls. You Not know, a lot of uh, airmail balls. It, you didn't exactly. see that either. I, I, you know, Kittle had to come down, and I even made a note to myself, like, Kittle's hands are still phenomenal. Um, but he is overextending for hospital balls that, you know, you obviously don't want to see. A couple of those came out. But um, I, I thought it was a good day of quarterback play, and I do want to say this about Sam Darnold. Again, there's no reason to get over your skis on, on anyone. I think there's going to be a very healthy, organic uh, quarterback battle that will reveal who the best man is for the job in week one with Brock Purdy obviously having a leg up. But I'll say this, Larry, Sam Darnold, had the only balls of the day that I heard. You know, you get that whistle. He's, and he, he wasn't he's really a, he's whipping pretty it down. impressive. I mean, I, as much as he is, he has really struggled. We all know it, and there's no getting away, away from that. But he's he, been on bad teams. He's been on bad teams. I saw a stat yesterday that of his 55 career interceptions, like 25 or 35, something like that. So a high percentage of them um, came. Like second half behind. Well, you know what? Second about second half behind on a bad team, you're just trying to make something happen. Right. So um so you know what? On a better team, he's and and let's be honest, Sam had a very like he he knows this is his last best shot to have a real NFL career where he's a starter and he's thought of as a, a positive. Because like people know that the Niners are stacked and this offense is loaded. Their weapons are they got weapons galore. They got a top tier defense. If Sam can't make it happen here, he probably can't make it happen as a starter anywhere. And I like that because that just puts the onus on him to like seize the moment. So you, you, you one thing that was real noticeable, they got four quarterbacks and they all can play. And three of the four, I will leave Allen out of this are just absolutely hell-bent to not just play, but play well. Right, and, and establish that's a, themselves That's a good league. good spot to be in. Absolutely great spot to be it in. It really is. Uh, Larry, just so you know, everyone is very excited to see you here on an 11 a.m. start time of a Damon Bruce show. Uh, the Shaw dropping. These are my two favorite guys right here. Uh, we have Yosarian saying, I've never tripped off Kruger's eyes before. They're little green marbles in big, whiter marble. And yes, I'm high. So <laughs> somebody somebody is lost in your eyes, Larry. Uh, wow. Those are eyes worthy of getting lost in. And uh, Michelle Haberman, who's been a huge fan, she says it's Krug. And now it's football season. So, indeed, it really is. It is great to have Larry here. And, again, we are going, oh, look at this. Ike wants to know, you're going to make me a sandwich out of pig and a pickle, Larry? <laughs> Ike, I, I need a sandwich at Ike's, too. I need I need the Krug sandwich. I'll, I'll, I, I've already got it picked out. It's going to be tur- It's going to be white meat turkey with just turkey gravy. Mix in some cranberries and maybe a little stuffing. Two pieces of bread. What do you think, Ike? Here's the thing. I think that's already on the menu, though. They have like uh, a Thanksgiving type of sandwich. Can we can we call it the Krug? Can we call it the Krug? The Krug's giving. The Krug's Krug's giving. <laughs> Anyways, uh, lost in Larry's eyes. We got lost uh, down in a day of OTAs. Sun kissed is the best way to describe uh, how I came out of it. Uh, I will make better plans again. I, you know, it, the time of practice 
and the time of my former terrestrial radio show always prevented me from going down there. I haven't been right. to the 49ers OTAs in several years. So it was nice to get down there. It was nice to reacquaint myself with uh, a whole bunch of beat writers and see who's out there. And, you know, it sort of lets you know, by the way, who you should be following and reading because there are a lot of people that cover this team from afar that report about things as if they know what is happening. And I'm not saying everyone there knows exactly what's happening, but if you're not there doing the legwork, how can you, you know, pass yourself off as someone who is dialed in? And uh, again, it was a day of impressions. And I like the, you know, I, I don't just like it because it was my question. <laughs> I like the answer that Kyle Shanahan gave, and I've put this up as a YouTube short where, you know, Kyle's not there, Larry, to fall in love on a first date. You know, I asked him, any of your newcomers being draft picks, undrafted free agents, free agents standing out to you early here in the OTAs? And, you know, I don't think that he was elusive because he didn't want to say a name, but he's basically telling you how he thinks. Kyle's not there to fall in love with first impressions. A first impression, a really good practice on a, on a Wednesday doesn't mean you're going to have a great practice on a Thursday. So to evaluate a guy based on a singular practice or moment or look or snap or rep is fool's gold to him. And I thought that that was, you know, a, a lot of coaches would go out of their way to placate young players on a team with compliments early. Like, I kind of like that Shanahan's just got tough love for everyone. I mean, getting a compliment out of that guy is a hard, you know, diamond to mine. It, it's hard to pull that out of the actual mine um, because Shanahan is is reluctant to overpraise anyone or anything, and I think that that keeps the team, you know, humble and adjusted. And, I, you know, I, I can see why players talk about Shanahan as a player's coach because he doesn't put all their business out on front street, which I think is a weird, like, level of protection that, you know, some players aren't afforded early in their careers. Shanahan's been at this long enough to know how to play his offense when he's got a right quarterback like a Stradivarius, and I think he's learned how to play the media like a Stradivarius as well. Well, and he's he's experienced, you know. I mean, <clears throat> um, you know, it's you can get fooled by guys who look good at certain times of the year. You can get fooled when guys look good at the combine. That's why the combine is a little bit of like, you know, um, I always look at these things and be like, only, I only care about the extremes. Every, the minutia in between doesn't really matter. It's like, show me the extremes. Show me the guy who couldn't finish his 40 at the combine or was so bad in the interview setting that it was like we just chased him out of the room. And then show me the guy that, Man, he came into the interview and every scout, every he somehow he 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 made an awesome impression on everybody. And the guy who showed up at the combine, he worked out like a monster. But the combine is like can fool you because it's not football. And OTAs can fool you because it's not football. Football is played with pads. Football is played when guys are tackled. I'll give you a guy, give giving you an example of a guy who didn't look good. I swear to you, did not look good, and I have zero concern. And that's D. Winters, the 49ers six-round pick out of TCU. D. Winters was the defensive MVP 
of the national semifinal against Michigan. He shot gaps. He made plays against the run, delayed blitzes. I mean, the guy, the guy has instincts for days, and he plays super fast. In this practice setting, he kind of eh, doesn't look like much. Right, looks a little short. Doesn't look all that explosive. Doesn't look all, doesn't look all that great. But I'm not gonna. And like for me, last year, this was the first my first look at Brock Purdy post draft. And I walk. I came out of that mini camp going, "Oh my God, they got something here." But I wouldn't talk about it because I just was like, you know what? I'm not going to be the guy who gets out over his skis on mini camp. I'm going to at least wait till Brock does it in training camp. Right. And look, but I went I, to training know, some... camp thinking I'm looking for Brock Purdy, where everybody else went to training camp going, "Ah, who the hell is he?" Well, you know, but you he know, looked great in the mini camp last year. He really yeah. did. Well, look, you know that some people are kind of new at this from a media standpoint when they watch one guy throw three footballs and they get all excited and they go on and they host their shows about how, you know, they've seen the future. And, you know, <laughs> it's, just, it's just a bunch of new guys trying to figure out who they are in the media careers. But, you know, this is where our experience costs more than them and which is why we're more valuable than anyone else's opinion in this market right now, Larry. It's good that you and I are here together, um, you know, setting everything straight. So, look, I want to get to other impressions from OTAs. We've been yeah. talking nothing but quarterbacks for 20 minutes here, and a team is so much more than its quarterbacks. The first thing that is unfortunate, like you said, football's played in pads and with contact, so you really can't evaluate anyone defensively or on you know the line. There is no offensive line really out there. They're just standing up and playing patty cake with each other. There is no defensive pressure. There's no one attacking quarterbacks. So it's hard to, to, to see, and Shanahan even admitted that it's it's hard to evaluate any trench warfare in a mini camp that is just being played in shells. Um, impressions, though, around the field. I just wrote numbers down, and the first number that I wrote down is a number that should be familiar to everyone, and that is number 23, and I'm going to tell you that Christian McCaffrey is about to be one of the single greatest players in the history of this franchise. What a leader this guy is. He's in his seventh season, Larry, and he's out there working harder than ever anyone else on that football field if everyone is playing at 90 percent he is playing at 105 percent and that makes everyone take their 90 up to 100 I mean if Christian McCaffrey is there breaking his ass in voluntary OTAs who shouldn't be and I tell you I thought that both you know Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell and uh, uh Tyrion Davis Price uh, Tyron, I said Tyrion. I'm uh, sorry, Game of Thrones is still with me. Um, but they all took their cues from this guy, and this is about to be what I think is set up to be the deepest running back room in football. Uh, it's incredibly deep. Somebody really good is going to get cut or traded, and you're totally right as far as McCaffrey. I mean, he you could have seen him stand out from a satellite. I mean that. I mean he he was so much the best offensive player on the field. It wasn't funny. He's explosive, and not only that, he was playing like it was like regular season form. You got to remember this: this guy hit the ground running last year, and he gave he gave them all he had. But <clears throat> the playbook's vast. Um, there's a lot to learn, and I'm sure it took him probably well into this off season to get his arms all the way around it. Um, and now, you know, with so many veterans sitting out the OTAs, it's always good when one of your veteran stars steps up and, and kind of says, Hey, you know what? 
I'm going to lead the way. I'm going to show you the speed that that I'm going to play at, and then I'm going to dare the rest of you just by the fact that you're here watching it to meet my intensity and meet my speed. And and McCaffrey was easily the most explosive player. Um, he he was he, and not only that, kind of remind me a little bit of Jerry Rice and Roger Craig from the '80s, going as far as you know. He didn't just finish a run and run ten yards and jog back to the huddle. This guy. This guy would run 35, 40 yards down the field, and D linemen were chasing him 30 and 40 yards down the field. And if you could see them running back to the huddle, he's kind of high-fiving them, and they're kind of all celebrating the fact that he set the tone, they're playing to that to that level, and we all win. You know, And, and the, the camaraderie between the offense and the defense coming back to the huddle on some of those long McCaffrey runs and the enthusiasm in the team a portion <clears throat> coaches will tell you it's vital people who just watch will say ah who cares it matters it matters it really does matter it's like how how much energy is dialed up into your practices how much enthusiasm is dialed up when your team gets together the one thing you can say damon and you know this to be true the the niners under shanahan don't emotionally or physically no show games they show up and they play fast, and they play physical, and you're going to feel their wrath. If not this week, you're going to feel the the effects of it next week. And we saw that stat this year. Every team they played uh, this year lost the next week. Any, um, any Kyle Shanahan uh, demerit that you ever wanted to give him, uh, any Kyle Shanahan demerit, it, it has never included a level of effort. He has his team's full attention. And they play. If the they Niners play get beat, they get beat, and that's called football in the NFL, and that happens. Really good football teams are beaten all the time over the course of a football season. It's just how, again, the, the difference between the best NBA team and the worst NBA team is a chasm the size of the Grand Canyon. The difference between the best football team and the worst football team is about that much. I mean, that's how little these teams are actually separated from each other. Everyone's got talent. And it's a matter of will and what kind of effort you put out on a weekly basis. And Kyle's teams are frosty every week. E e even the biggest Shanahan detractor, and I don't really know who that would be at this particular time, would have to admit that this team plays its balls off for him. So, And it's not just him. I, the guys who need credit on this one are Lynch and Peters, the guys who pick the personnel, because I think it really has to do a lot with their culture. They go after culture players. They don't. They don't. They don't mess around anymore with workout warriors who don't love football. Believe it or not, there are guys that are really good at football, uh, good enough to make the pros that really don't have this passion for it, and they don't bounce around with energy. They're just kind of like, you know, some guy. Everybody's looking at their. The, it was being explained to me this way. Everybody looks at their watch. Some guys are looking at their watch, going, "Man, I got to get to the facility." Some guys are at the facility looking at their watch going, man, I got to get home. They've got a whole roster full of guys that are dying to get there. Um, and and it shows. It absolutely shows. Got a great culture. Uh, another number that stood out, and you and I talked about it right away. Uh, number 26, the rookie corner, Daryl Luter Jr. from South Alabama, who is every bit of six feet tall, 190 pounds. He's a big corner. Larry, he was making plays. He's running in stride with everyone that he's covering out there. He's got hands to the football. 
Um, I, I was, you know, first time I've, I've seen him in person, first time I've seen him play at all, to be honest with you, outside of, you know, after he was drafted, I looked up some highlights on YouTube. Um, sure. That guy is, he's got an NFL body. I don't know if he's going to have an NFL career. I saw him for, you know, five practice sessions in an OTAs, but hello. Uh, I think I saw something. Do you think you yeah. see something? Oh, then I'll go further. He's going to have an NFL career. And, you know, your height and your weight is just that. But then there's, there's your effective height and weight. It's like, it's kind of like NBA. You know, it's like, is Draymond Green 6'7"? Well, essentially he's 6'10 because he plays bigger because he has long arms. And long arms will help you play bigger in basketball. Well, long arms will help you play bigger on the corner. And to me, watching Luter Jr., he reminds me of Xavier Rhodes coming out of Florida State. He's just really, really tenacious, long arms. They played a myriad of coverages there. They played off coverage. They played some zone, but he didn't. He played press man on the opposite side, and it was like 10 on 10, and, and Luter's taking his guy away. I'm really eager to see if he can beat out Demo Lenore for that corner spot opposite Mooney Ward. Um, and Luter had a play that you're describing it was on the far sideline, right in front of us, a little bit down the field where Darnold underthrew Danny gray on a go pattern and Luter closed the ground PBU knocked it down and the entire Niners sideline erupted, started, started, uh, chanting his number. I think he wears 28, something like that. And everybody's down there. 28, 28, 26, 26, 26. And you know, this is a mature player. This is a guy who. You know, he's married. He has a kid. He's very serious about football. Um, what a great pick, though. What an incredible pick. And, you know, there's the old saying, if you can, if you can, uh, if you match up, you play man. If you don't match up, you play zone. The Niners have played a ton of zone, partly because they don't match up. Uh, they haven't matched up. Well, guys like Jair Brown and Daryl Luter Jr. have the give uh, Wilkes the ability to play some some man to man on the back end because. They do match up, and they can play man. And I think Luter's Luter to me has a great chance to start um, opposite Mooney Ward week one. I really believe that. I think his length and his his um, man to man ability and his just overall maturity within the game, even though he played for the South Alabama Jaguars. I mean, he, they coached him up well there. He's a good student, um, and I, I think his ability he has a real shot to start week one over, over Lenore. I thought that Lenore really improved last year. I think he he's going to be an important piece of the puzzle, but if he is beaten out by the Rook, uh, I, you know, I, again, that would surprise me a little bit, but there is, there's an NFL body in a rookie corner that I think they're going to get something out of this year. I wonder if he's got, you know, the foot speed, the ability to slip over and play nickel. If that's what they ask him to do, he's big enough to be a safety, Larry. I mean, he, he's a big player. So, yeah. Um, and he plays bigger. I mean, he, he's yeah. six feet, but he plays like six, three. Speaking of big player, um, rookie tight end, Cameron late, Latu Latu. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how we pronounce I think it's Latu Latu Latu. Okay. Uh, they gave him Terrell Owens's number, number 81. That's one thing that you pointed out. And I was like, oh, all right, well, I'm kind of surprised about that. Um, he's the size of a tackle. He's 6'5". You want to talk about deep positions and big players? The 49ers are going to have a deep and big tight ends room. Um, you know, George Kittle obviously is is, you know, the leader of the pack there and should be and will be for a long time. But 
man, I was impressed by his size. Uh, didn't see much from him. He wasn't really involved in any particular, you know, play of the day. But just he's one of those guys where you see him and you're like, who is that? Who who's who is wearing a a wide receiver's number uh, the size of an offensive lineman? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't. He didn't stand out to me. Um, but I will say this: I I, I think um, I think the other tight end, Braden Willis, is really special. I, I think I, I love Braden Willis. I love the competitive fire. I love the ball skills. He made a one hand catch of a Darnold pass in the middle of the field. Um, I think Willis to me, it's going to be Kittle's going to be your one. Willis is going to be your two, but I think there's a very good chance that Latou and Willis take the jobs from Dwelly and Werner. Um, you know, Werner is a try hard blocker. He doesn't give you a ton of pop in the run game. He doesn't move people. He's more of a tenacious blocker he's not a great receiver Dwelly doesn't give you hardly anything as a blocker he's almost exclusively a receiver but he's got some special teams value if I was projecting the Niner tight end I would position I would say Kittle uh Latou Willis and if they go with a fourth they'll go with Dwelly and that they'll wind up cutting uh Warner and Fumagalli we'll see we'll see I mean Warner's got some value um and and you know you know Braden Willis really comes of age, like I predict he will, then maybe he takes Dwelly's spot and they go with, uh, you know, four tight ends with Warner and Latou. But I think there's a chance that Warner or that Willis and Latou take the jobs away from Dwelly and Warner. I know that you've got, uh, I, I don't know if you've already done it, but I was looking at your YouTube page today and you're going to talk about adding an edge rusher if the Niners still need to do that. Hey, look, maybe he's already on this team now, clearly a disappointment as his career has started. He's in his fifth season, but his first go-around with the 49ers after being a bust with the Raiders. But Cleland Farrell is is a big defensive lineman. I mean, he's 6'4", and he filled out that jersey pretty well. Again, it's hard to evaluate any defensive player out there, but he was physically impressive. Drake Jackson, I mean, look, I, I you know, I'm, I'm not trying to report anything here, but he he got so big this offseason, it's almost like peeing a cup time for that guy. He is just yoked in a way he was not last season. Um, he is much bigger than before, and what a huge show-it year he's got coming up. I mean, the, the edge rusher you're talking about adding could be on this team, and it could be one of those two guys. And then again, just in terms of, physical size and you can't appreciate it until you're around it standing on the same level dude eric armstead looks like a power forward i mean he is six seven he towers over nfl players he is just gargantuan and if he can really turn around and have a healthy season i mean that's where the 49ers are now averaging you know that defense has given up 14 17 points a game well, you know, it's funny. This is this is the position that is the most changed from last year. You add Javon Hargrave. I mean, Hargrave is a double-digit sack guy, um, and now you've got two interior guys that can that can push the pocket. So, I mean, imagine the pocket like a you know like a teacup, and usually usually the the tackles don't give you much rush, and the ends do, and the quarterback steps up. Um, in this case, I think Armstead and Hargrave are going to really be outstanding rushers, and I think you're going to see the sack production for Bosa and who's ever opposite Bosa. I think it's probably going to be Drake. You know, I think it's going to it's going to skyrocket because of the presence of Hargrave and Armstead inside. 
But yeah, Drake Jackson easily was the he was the guy on defense that really was like, what? Because this guy's put on at least 10, 12 pounds of of upper body muscle. And yet he's clearly faster than he was. So, I mean, how many guys get stronger and faster? He got a lot stronger up top, but he also is 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 in the best shape of his life. I mean, he looks Drake Jackson looks like he could have a double digit sack season for sure. I mean, he's his, his speed off the edge, his body bend, and he hasn't lost any of his flexibility despite putting on some upper body strength. I think the upper body strength will help him counter, help him stand in against the run. But yeah, Drake's going to have a monster year. I, I, I didn't see as much from Farrell or from Hyder or from Austin Bryant, who looked a little thin. Robert Beal looked a little small. I, I really believe that they they do need another edge rusher, but it may not be a starter. It may be just a, a, a rotation player. Jackson may be good enough to start, and that Jackson, Bosa, Hargrave, Armstead, you know, quad up front could be absolutely monster. Could now, be absolutely Javon, huge. Javon Hargrave wasn't there yesterday. Bosa wasn't there yesterday. Again, you would have liked to have seen Hargrave there maybe just to show up and be the new guy and and show that he's all in. But everyone who was absent yesterday was excused. Obviously, Bosa has more house credit than any single 49er in terms of showing up in shape. The guy's got 0% body fat and is just a specimen. So whether he shows up, look at it this way. Whatever Bosa wants to do, he's got carte blanche to do that. Um, no Trent Williams. Again, total carte blanche can do whatever he wants. No Debo yesterday, though, and I thought that, that was a little bit disappointing for a guy who had didn't come into last season uh, in shape, labels attached to him, with young quarterbacks to get to know him, new quarterbacks to get to know him. Um, I could, I can actually, and look, Debo's an incredibly gifted player. He's very physical, but I could see him taking a, a stock down trip this year with the 49ers, with uh, he he's a hell of a player. He's a hell of a talent. He's a piece of shit leader. I think that that is pretty much proven. I totally disagree. I totally disagree. If if we had Shanahan right here, if we said to him, Kyle, give me your your game day leaders and what we what I would call tone setters, he wouldn't get two names in before he said Debo. You Debo think? is I a mean, tone setter. Yeah, he's a tone setter on game day. He's a okay. Well, he I'm is not talking a leader. About game day. I guess I'm talking about OTA. Well, so you, where is he, I, where I'll is say he now? That, no, but I'll say this, Damon. I think there's a very and I don't have no sources on this, and this is just reading this from afar. But I would almost guarantee that the Niners said to Debo, "Sit this one out. Sit this one out." Why? Because and same with Juwan, and and same to some degree with Ayuk. Because look at all the receivers they have to find out about. This is a this they got too way too many receivers. Um, you didn't have any of the top tier guys there. Ray Ray McLeod, Jawan, Debo, Ayuk was there, but didn't participate the entire time. Um, but you got a lot of guys here. You got Chris Conley, you got Danny Gray, you gotta find out about, you got Tay Martin, you gotta find about find out about, you got Ronnie Bell, you got a couple of undrafted guys, you've got some, you know, so they've got they've got nine receivers or so behind their starters that they got to find out about, and they're probably going to have to cut one or two of those guys. So to me, this was just about, hey, you know what? We don't want to get injured, and we need to find out about these other guys. So catch us in a week. Catch us in a few weeks. 
I, I think they'll be there when they'll obviously be there when it's mandatory. I don't sweat. Um, you know, obviously, um, the conditioning of Debo is always going to be a factor because he can get heavy in the legs, and it's really important that he's his legs are in shape. But I've seen him online working out, um, and I would almost bet anything that either Shanahan himself or the coach, offensive receiver coach, said to his number one guys, guys, we got a boatload of guys we need to find out about. Let's not take any reps away from them. Sit out the uh, well again. The early you don't OTAs. have to take reps away to be on the side working out around the team. I mean, I, to me, True. to me, like Christian McCaffrey is there. Is there anyone who needs less practice than a reigning, well, not reigning, but a former MVP of the league who instantly took to the Niners, like you know, just instantly fit everywhere, and he's out there, not just out there, but busting his ass like he's an undrafted free agent. I hear you, but don't read too much into it. You got to remember this: McCaffrey wasn't part of the installation of the offense last year, so he's literally going through this process for the very first time with this team, and he he's also all about it. I'm not saying that he's not. He also probably lives locally where those guys probably don't. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving anybody a free pass. It would be nice to see the entire team there on the sideline, but don't trip on it because it's, it's may it's may it's like the same, the same way we can't over-evaluate it. We can't, I I, I don't, I don't, I don't, let's just say this way. This is like the extra credit session for a high school teacher or, you know what I mean? Or a college professor. And it's like, do you, Bang on the students who don't show up to the extra credit. No, you, but you applaud the students that do. And that's kind of how I view the OTAs, the non-mandatory OTAs. And again, someone says, Damon, you're making way too much out of OTAs. That's shush, shush. You're obviously joining us late. I'm here telling you that there, there, there isn't too much being garnered from this, but to me being present and being in shape, um, Debo's had problems there and, you know, I, I just think it's disappointing that he's not there. Uh, if that, he shows that, up in camp and his and he's got, you know, and he's carrying bad weight and all of a sudden there's soft tissue injuries, then I'm I'm absolutely in lockstep with you. But um Are you on the show and tweeting the show? Please look at you. Look look at you, Kruger. Multitasking. <laughs> That's my son. My son, uh my son, I've got I've got a team of people. Uh I just released a video in the midst of this uh, extravaganza on minicamp in the middle of the middle of sitting down with you, we released a video on minicamp. Wow. Courtesy of that an awful lot. Again, uh, Damon dropping a Debo's a piece of shit leader was ballsy, foolish, wildly inaccurate. (laughs) Not sure if you noticed, but as Debo goes, so goes the 49ers. Look, I, I think he is an incredibly talented player. There are elements of his mental makeup. I just don't admire. And uh, that that's just me. That's just me. We we don't You're, have to all when, agree. We don't have no, to all know, root but, for everyone. I think Brandon Ayuk is this team's best wide receiver. And you know when we talk about well, you're only going to be able to afford going one going forward. To me, Ayuk is there. He's present. He's rarely injured. He is always around the football. Debo has his moments where you can't take your eyes off of him, and then other moments where he's simply not to be found. So I, mean, I ain't I, sweating it. I'm okay. I'm not sweating it either, but I ain't just, sweating it. I, 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 I agree. I mean, I've already said what I wanted to say, which is just that there it's not like what you're saying has zero credence, but 
the culture of this team is that Debo is 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 one of their real leaders and one of their real tone setters. He's got a level of respect from the players and coaches where he's in the Bosa class. He's got a right at this point to do it the way he wants to do it. Um, and um, I got no problem with it. By the way, know. so uh, Jillian saying the Krug show is fully staffed, jealous, uh, a response from your son saying it's a full family effort. Uh, this is a full family <laughs> effort over here, too. Unfortunately, um, you know, m- my oldest is, is three and a half and my youngest is one and a half. And neither of them are skilled enough to really help out so far. But uh, it, it is awesome the way that the that, look, here's what we've turned into. We have turned into, Larry, I think two of the most supportable local family businesses in the market. And that's what this is. We're not startup companies. We're small family businesses trying to get something that is a better product than anyone else is offering up and on the road. And you've got this incredible head start. I'm trying hard to play catch up here. And um, I think we're both doing a hell of a job. I wanted you to come on in today and spend 15 minutes just talking OTAs. And of course, we went 45 minutes already. Um, and I know you got a lot to do. So no, I'm hey man, I'm I'm here for you, man. I'm here for you. Is well, you know, we're, I'll I'll be doing. You know, the one thing yesterday was the OTAs, right? Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? That means that yesterday was a long day, but like today is going to be a great day on the Krug Show. Um, um, just to tease what I got coming up later today because it is 11:45 in the morning. 2 p.m. Wayne Breezy stops by. Breezy's uh, is is the Northeast correspondent from the Krug Show. Uh, no, but Breezy's got his own channel. He's out in Connecticut. I love Breezy. So we'll be on. We'll be on. He Breezy's gonna be on my channel at two. Uh, Jordan Elliott's gonna be by today. He's from Niners Nation. I love Jordan Elliott. You should get him on your show. He's absolutely a genius. Uh, Matt Barrows is gonna be on tonight at seven o'clock on the Krug Show. Uh, giving us his thoughts on Jeff Christensen, on the quarterbacks, on Trey, on Shanahan. Barrows, I think, is gets no better. I mean, he's like top of the top shelf. Uh, and then tomorrow on the channel, Vish Kumaran stops by. Vish is phenomenal. Jesse Naylor is on tomorrow. Dave Lombardi no is going to be on. Previews. No next day previews. We're only working in those <laughs> in the same day. But- and then Matt Mayoko. Matt Mayoko is going to join me on my channel for the very first time later this week. Um, the and way, then I'm even going to look ahead to the NBA draft because I got all kinds of, you know, it's funny. You know who I'm super passionate about right now? Trace and I Jackson know that, Davis. Yes. Yes. Trace Jackson Davis, the power forward from Indiana. The Warriors are talking about trading for LeBron and all this, I think, and trading all their young players to get LeBron. I, I just think that would be so stupid and so foolish. And the Warriors built their championship core in the draft. And in my opinion, they had to part with Poole, try to find a way to get three or four picks, get that kid from Indiana in, you know, amongst a couple other picks. I've seen and two. Go get your younger players. Get, go Jackson get some young Davis players. Would be the front court presence that they he's, need. He's not looking to shoot threes. He's looking to rebound. He's, he's looking never to shot from three, the three, right? Box. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not what he does. Um, Jalen Hood Shafino, who's got – if Jalen Hood Shafino were to be drafted by the Golden State Warriors, he would be the next young player that Steve Kerr didn't trust enough to play. And it might not be an unfounded lack of trust because 
there are nights where he'll go one for 17 from the floor and you're like, what the hell's going on? There are other nights where he single-handedly won games for Indiana. He's got an NBA body. He's got NBA talent. He's, he's, if, if we lived in a different time, he would have been absolutely well advised to stick around college for one more year, kid, and you can be a lottery pick. And he might still even be with his potential a lottery pick. But I've seen both players falling to around where the Warriors would be picking. And I'm going to tell you, someone who's watched more Indiana basketball than anybody on the West Coast, except my buddy Greg, who I'm usually watching, you know, Indiana basketball with, uh, either of those players would look really good in Warriors uniforms. Speaking of Hoosiers, and I'm not just bringing this up because he went to Indiana. I want to talk about one more 49er before we say goodbye, Larry. And that is Marcelino McCrary Ball who has got a serious body, who's got a real dog in him, is in a deep linebacker room and chose to stay there, which you and I were talking about, is one of the reasons to really, really like the kid. And uh, he dapped up uh, Damon Bruce from the Plus uh, on the sideline in full uni, which you don't see often. Hoosiers now. Hoosiers. <laughs> Hoosiers hang with Hoosiers. Um, Marcelino's my guy, man. I, I love Marcelino. I've been championing his cause. I did a bunch of interviews with him last year. You can check it out on the channel. Um, you know, he played middle backer for, uh, Greenlaw and, and Warner with those guys out. He was the starting middle backer. Marcelino's in the best shape of his life. He came to Indiana as a corner and then played safety exclusively. The Niners in this new speed rules era of the NFL have, made him a linebacker. I asked him last year, Damon, I said, Marcelino, you're a smart guy, man. Why the hell did you come here? You're not, you're not going to play here. This team's got Greenlaw and Warner and Aziz and dude, all kinds of special teams backers. And why did you come here? And he's like, you know what? Um, Aziz and Dre and Warner, these guys are dogs and I'm a dog too, man. And I'm just, I want to prove that I can run with them. And I knew that I wouldn't play much this first year but I also knew that I would get a great education on how to play linebacker. The Niners wanted me. I believed in them. They believed in me, and I'm here. And now here we are one year later. Aziz has moved on, I think, to the Colts in free agency. Aziz told me in, at, after one of the playoff games, he's like, he's like, because Aziz knew. Aziz knew. You know, the Niners don't use that third linebacker very much. He knew he was going to get offers and that he was probably going to go. And he said, you know what? They're going to be good here next year with Marcelino because Marcelino's can can take my spot. And there's no question that Marcelino is going to be a tremendous player. He is my pick to not just break out in camp, but to break out like a Pro Bowl caliber player. I'm I think Marcelino McCrary Ball could be a po- Pro point, Bowl caliber the linebacker. In the, back in the in in, in the uh, actual frame here. That's something else. That's that's. that's I think he could be a Pro Bowler, Damon. I really think he can be a Pro Bowler. His instincts are off the charts. The game is now played. It's a coverage game. You're in the sub package 70, 75% of the time. This guy can play in the sub package. He had a pick last year in the in the preseason. Um, he, 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 he brings all kinds of thump. He's smart. He's in his playbook. He works hard. His body is bigger, stronger, faster, and it was big and strong and fast last summer. He looked rocked up. He Wait rocked until you see right yeah. Marcelino in this summer. People are going to be like, "Dude, Marcelino!" And you know it's going to be incredible. He's he's got a great name too. 
by Marcelino the way, he McCrary ball. He's got a great name. Uh, by the way, it was Barrows, the one who asked about the towel. Damon and jumping and tell Barrows that question was asked. Larry, you can tell him when you talk to him. Look, I love Matt Barrows, and I would say that Matt Barrows and Matt Mayoko are the two best daily beat writers following that football team. Um, I I have not had, because he was exclusive to KNBR for all of those years that I was on 95-7 the game, um, that uh, I, I saw Cobra, Matt Mayoko, yesterday, and said, dude, I got to get you on the channel too. And he said, it's been forever. Let's do it. So we're going to have Mayoko on at some point over here. I know you're That's putting great. that together. Uh, we, uh, we we got an awful lot coming up. There will not be a couple of guys doing a better job covering the Golden or the, the Golden State Warriors. Oh, my God. The San Francisco 49ers, as well as Larry and I are going to be doing that on our own together, combining forces. We come together. We're like Voltron, and it's going to be very hard to beat. Thank you, Larry, for stopping on by today. Um, I will definitely uh, go about using some sunscreen. I I forgot that the sun existed in the state of California. That's how much in San Francisco I am. Indeed, it is still around the state of California. It's just not in San Francisco anymore. I will prepare accordingly next time. Larry, thank you for everything. We'll be watching the Krug Show with great anticipation. You're the best. Thanks, man. Have a great day. There he is, Larry Kruger. Boys and girls, the best uh, when it comes to just talking about what is going on with the 49ers. Love talking to Larry, and we are going to do a better job covering that football team than actual radio stations, flagship stations, hangers-on stations, trying to be a station. Uh, We are going to beat stations with channels. That's what we're going to be doing this year. Here on 95.7, or not here on 95.7, the game. Yeah, here on the Damon Bruce Show. I guess old habits do indeed die hard, but so do budgets, and those are all dead. Uh, So we're over here, and it's officially time to hop quickly into Club Plus. I do need to make an announcement. Um, Look, yeah, you're right, Otis Bird III. Here's another positive about me being over here. The guests that we couldn't get. They've always wanted to come on with me. They just were prevented from doing so. And so now we're going to do it. And indeed, Larry, thanks so much for the appearance. Great stuff out of him. Again, shush, laughing, old habits die hard. They certainly do. And uh, it is uh, a station of visceration sensation. Thank you very much, HR. Very funny. Um, And I'll tell you what they don't do, what they can't do, what only I can do is invite you into a little something we like to call Club Plus. But I told you this was going to be a 49ers OTA show. I did have something prepared on, you know, the fact that the Celtics canceled their date with Broomhilda. But we'll get into all of that other stuff. Giants are underway. Looks like they're in trouble today in Minnesota. They're down 6-1. The A's are now officially 30 games under 500. So fuck John Fisher as always. And I uh, just wanted to say thank you very much to Larry for stopping on by. This was a great chat about the 49ers. We'll be back to cover it all tomorrow at 11 a.m. here on YouTube and on the Damon Bruce podcast, which I thank you so much for listening to. And I want to remind you that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he gone.